Christ alone. Christ alone. Cornerstone. Weak made strong. In the Savior's love. Through the
pray together. I'm going to invite you. If you want, you can go ahead and give it this time. Our guys in the booth are going to throw that number up on your screen, or you can follow a link uh, that's hopefully in the comments by now uh, to, to our online giving through our Broadway, uh, excuse me, Broadway website. You can give there as well. Uh, of course, you can always mail your checks and things like that to the church, but I'm going to pray over our offering for this week, uh, and then I'm going to encourage you to, to utilize that text to give number. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for the beautiful weather that we have experienced this weekend and for the reminder of the renewal that you bring and the new life that you give us. Lord, now I pray that uh, you would continue to make your presence felt with each and every one of us. Lord, we thank you that uh, 
your spirit is present with us, even when we're apart by distance, Lord, that we can still worship you in spirit and in truth as a body of believers. Lord, I pray that uh, you would bless our tithes and our offerings as we give those, Lord, that you would use them to further your kingdom and your mission, and that you would bless the gift and the giver. God, we love you. We praise you for who you are, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to continue to stand with us and sing. We're going to sing one more song, and then we'll, uh, we'll turn it over to Pastor Daniel. Let's sing together. I am not what I make, I am who you have made me to be. I am not what I've done, I am loved unconditionally. I am not loved by the measure of love that I bring. I am not who I know, I am known by the King of all kings. Let's sing this together. Jesus, you are enough. Jesus, you are enough for me with nothing. I still have everything. Jesus, you are enough for me. You are maker made visible, holding the world in your hands. You are patient and merciful, giver of grace without end. Satisfied simply by being who you've always been. You are infinite love and you prove it again and again. Oh, Jesus, you are enough. Jesus, you are enough for me with nothing. I still have everything. Jesus, you are enough for me, Jesus. You are enough, Jesus. You are enough for me with nothing. I still have everything, Jesus. You are enough for me. In you, in you I am created, in you I am sustained, with you I'm resurrected, you overcame the grave, with you I stand in victory. What else could I need? With you I want for nothing. 
Jesus, my everything. Jesus, you are enough. Jesus, you are enough for me. With nothing, I still have everything. Jesus, you are enough for me. Jesus, you are enough. Jesus, you are enough for me. With nothing, I still have everything. Jesus, you are enough for me. Jesus, you are enough. Jesus, you are enough for me. With nothing, I still have everything. are enough for me let's sing that chorus one more time Jesus you are enough Jesus you are enough for me with nothing I still have everything Jesus, you are enough for me. Jesus, that's our prayer this morning, that we would be satisfied in you, that you would be enough. Lord, we know you sustain us, you created us, and Father, we we praise you for who you are. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Are we on? Yeah, well, welcome to our online service. We had, we missed the first two songs. I tell you, I want you all to comment and make sure folks can actually hear me. I'll make sure it's actually picking up. So, uh, 
Y'all, y'all let me know in here if, if folks can. I think we're going to, I think they, they could, I, the, the band's going, they're going to come up here in a little bit and sing again uh, after the service. Well, we're so glad you're here. Like, uh, like Chris said, uh, I do want to welcome you to our online broadcast here at Broadway. Today is Palm Sunday. We've got a palm tree here, so that we got, I'll turn it around a little bit so folks can see it. And we're going to be looking at that scripture. We're going to turn to two different scriptures today in our Bibles. So we want to open up to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 5. We're going to be looking at that. Remember, as a church family, we're reading through Proverbs. So you should be on chapter 5 today. If you forgot or need to catch up, there are short chapters. You can just start reading Proverbs 1 and be easily caught up today. We're reading one chapter a day in the book of Proverbs. And it speaks very much wisdom to uh, things going on here in our, um, in, our, in our times with that. Also, we will look in the, book of, the Gospel of John. John chapter 12, and that's the passage we're going to see where Jesus had, was coming into Jerusalem in the palm leaves. So the way this is going to start, I'm going to share, it's going to first start out with Proverbs and the warnings that Solomon gives, and then how, how that applies to us today. And then I'm going to tie it in. We're going to look at the word Hosanna and how the folks really, they came and they were praising Jesus. And we want to answer the question, what is your Hosanna? What are you excited and what are you proud about? So go ahead and turn to those scriptures. Like Chris said, um, hopefully we have a link there on the uh, comments there so you can certainly give. You want to follow along in your bulletin search. Uh, if someone goes on the church website, you can... Click and uh, get, uh, get your bulletin inserts there with the little online bulletin and follow along with that. So, uh, you, you, great way to uh, stay connected, certainly following along. All right, Proverbs chapter 5. I'm going to read this scripture here. And it's going to be one that I think when we see here in the Bible, you, you're going to think, what on earth does this have to do anything with Palm Sunday and which Palm Sunday is when Jesus entered Jerusalem, so he's headed to the cross. What would this scripture have to do? And what it has to do with is we're going to see how there's warnings throughout our life on the right way to live. We should be living in a way that is, as the Bible declares, is wise. So let's take a look here. <clears throat> Proverbs 5.15 Drink water from your own cistern. Water flowing from your own well. Should your springs flow in the streets? In the public squares? Should they be for you alone? And not for you, or they should be for you alone and not for you to share with strangers. Let your fountain be blessed and take pleasure in the wife of your youth. A loving deer, a graceful doe, her breast always satisfy you. Be lost in her love forever. Why, my son, would you lose yourself with a forbidden woman or embrace a wayward woman? Now, these six verses right here, what Solomon is writing about is some, someone from personal experience. We won't turn there, but I want to tell you, what 1 Kings chapter 11 says about Solomon. It says that Solomon, 
he started out good. He had three good chapters in the Bible. And what happened was Solomon married 700 women, many foreign wives, and he had 300 concubines. And it said these women turned. This is out of 1 Kings 11, 3 through 6. They turned him away from the Lord. How sad is that? Could you imagine someone you're married to? Could you imagine someone that God has brought in your life and they're turning you away from the Lord? And the per- so much of Proverbs, so much of Ecclesiastes are warnings about the forbidden woman, the, this, the person in your life that pulls you away from Jesus Christ. And what happens here is Solomon, this is the man that had everything. And he brought in idol worship in his life. And if we're not careful in our own lives, we can find ourselves turning away from God. And I'm going to give an example of this, of how this um, certainly occurred. But first, we see here, so much of Proverbs is also dealing with marriage. And that is important today. I was on Twitter yesterday and I saw someone tweet. I think Joey Tucker retweeted it. I even read it to Sherry. Uh, Someone made a comment how, this is like some actress. She said, if she knew that she was going to be quarantined for two months and had to stay inside, she she would have hurried up and got married. And that meaning, you know, she's just, I guess, hanging out. But God's plan and purpose is for us in our lives to have a marriage that actually honors and respects and puts God in the, cent- the centrality of that. In fact, I want you to look here. And this is on your bulletin insert. This is God's plan for marriage. God's plan is one man and one woman. It's so clear. God created man and woman. And this is why we protect and we fight for the sanctity of one man and one woman marriage. This is one of Solomon's downfalls. Back in Bible times, it was polygamy. Solomon had 700 wives. And the Bible says they led his heart astray. It was wrong for him to do that. And many of them, most of them were not Jewish they did not honor the Lord. They were Egyptian. They were from the other people groups. And they, they introduced idols in his life. Not only that, is it for one man and one woman. For, for tying this in with today, for us, 2020, polygamy might, probably isn't an issue. But for us, it might be uh, same-sex marriage. But I'll tell you what else it is for this, for us today. It's... Uh, relations before you're married, living with someone else. I mean, that's a sense, many ways, that's polygamy. You're just not married, but you're, you're certainly practicing it. Verse 2, or, or number 2, what do we see God's plan for marriage in the scripture we read? It's for life. Marriage should not be disposable. Marriage is something that when you get married, you're committing it to a covenant to that person that until death do us part. The book of Malachi describes marriage as a covenant. And not only that, marriage is for you alone. Meaning, you are to be faithful 
in your marriage. And that's the warning we see here. Solomon, someone who knew the, the tragedy of failed marriages, how his wives, literally, your wife should be lifting you up. Your spouse should be bringing you closer to Jesus. Solomon's wives pulled him from God. And you have to be able to look and say, okay, is, is my marriage, is it honoring the Lord? If there's other people or other sins in your marriage, obviously you've broken this. It's not for you alone. Someone else is there. And that's sinful. That's the warning we see here. I want to talk about David for a minute. David did something that was unwise. In the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 24, what happened was that it's a very last chapter, the very last few verses we're going to read, or I'm going to share about, with David and his life. David was a man after God's own heart. David was a man who loved the Lord. But David, he started out good, but he got a little sideways and he really made a mistake at the very end. And you don't hear about this a lot. But what happened with David in 2 Samuel chapter 24, what occurred with this man is he's approaching death. He became very prideful and he looked around and he saw how powerful his military was. And he wanted a census of his military. And he went to Joab. It says, the Bible says that Satan inspired him to do this. He went to his military commander, Joab, and said, Joab, I want a census of all the folks here who are fighting for Israel and me. And even Joab, who was not always the most righteous man at all, told David, David, why do we need to go out and count all the folks? That is not necessary. We don't need to count everyone. Why does it matter? Here's the danger of a census. This is why numbers are so dangerous. David could easily, because at this point he had been a king almost 40 years, and it's easy to look at his great military accomplishments and to say, you know, I did this. Look at my vast army and how I was able to beat the Philistines and hold back all these other people. But he told Joab, I want to count. It took him eight months to count the people. And then Joab reports back and says, you have 800,000 folks, you have this many army, this many cavalry, horses, chariots. And David had a sense of pride in how powerful his army was. But the Bible says he should not have done that. Then a prophet named Gad approached him and said, David, God's given you several options because you've been disobedient. And David took the third option. And the third option was that the Lord would send a plague on all the people of Israel. And that after three days, the hand of the Lord would begin killing Israelites. Do you know, I, I think y'all saw that video from the CDC. Uh, I, 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 it wasn't airing in here in the sanctuary, but hopefully y'all were able to see it online. 
It was about the Spanish flu. It was a pandemic in 1818. CDC made that video two years ago when they had the 100-year celebration. Not, not celebration, the 100-year anniversary. That would be a pretty bad celebration. <clears throat> but it was the anniversary of it. And they made that. Do you know 675,000 Americans died in 1918 of the Spanish flu? More people, more Americans died of the Spanish flu than in World War I. That's how devastating it was. Even a lot of children, young folks, it was tragic for them. But that's an example in one year where much of the United States and especially the world perished. One third of America got it. And already, I saw the numbers, already 8,000 people have died of the coronavirus here in America. So what has to happen is, we have to see, God, are you getting our attention? Because God allowed a plague to come upon David for his disobedience. David took a census. You say, what's our disobedience here in America? Our disobedience is we've abandoned the Lord. Do you know... Abortion clinics are open right now. There's rampant sin all in our land. Our country has turned away from the Lord. And we always have to remember, could the Lord be trying to get, I think He is, He could be trying to get our attention to say, America, churches, Christians, are you aware of what's happening? Are you turning back to me? You know, obviously now church houses are empty. It's empty here. It's online worship. This is Easter week. Do you know, I remember sitting at KNS Bar with Ray Vasky back in January. We were planning our Easter services, trying to ways to get the deacons involved here at Broadway. And we had set a goal for 600 people, 300 in each service. We were going to have a big outreach. We were going to invite, uh, get the different deacons calling folks, serving, getting people here at the pews. Those plans completely changed in a matter of weeks. If you would have told Ray and I, back in the middle of January, that you know, we'd have Easter with 10 folks or less here, preaching to a, a video, it, it, we, we would have looked like, what are you talking about? I want you to understand what happened. God, in 2 Samuel chapter 24, God destroyed 70,000 Israelite men by plague. That doesn't count women and children. Because of David's disobedience, and he was told not to take a census. Listen, if you've just tuned in on Facebook, and you're watching this, and you are not saved, if you have not trusted in the Lord, what are you waiting for? God is using, God is trying to bring folks to His Son, to Jesus, this Easter week. This Easter week, you might not be able to invite people. You won't be able to invite people to church. You can invite them to online church, or you can share the gospel with them digitally. Send them an email. Just let them know. Jesus loves them. And David paid a price. And I want you to know how he stopped that plague. 
Do you know what happened is? He made a sacrifice to the Lord on what we call Mount Moriah. Do you know where Mount Moriah is? Mount Moriah is where current day the Dome of the Rock is. It's the exact same location as where in there on the hill in Jerusalem where the temple was built. And God stopped it right there. And I want to read a verse. I think we have it up here on the board. Let's put that on the board so y'all can see it. 2 Samuel 24, 25. This is what David did. This is how he stopped the plague. And this is what the Lord is asking you to do. Some of us have fallen for the forbidden woman. And you say, Daniel, I haven't committed adultery. I'm not doing that. I tell you, you're committing adultery with the Lord. The video games, the movies, there's other things in your life that have become an idol. Solomon, his foreign wives, led him astray. These things lead you astray. What in your life is pulling you away from the Lord? Look at this Bible verse here. This is how David stopped the plague. You want to stop the coronavirus, America? Believers, Christian, Christians all over the globe, this is what we have to do. He built an altar to the Lord there, and that's, it. that's right there in Jerusalem. And he offered a burnt offering and fellowship offerings. Then the Lord was receptive to prayer for the land. David prayed for the land. Have you prayed for our country? Are you praying for... For the churches to get revived. And the Christians to start crying out to the Lord. And say we need revival. We have become wicked. We have fallen for the forbidden woman. And the plague on Israel. Look at this. Ended. I wanna, let's do this Bible verse again. Then the Lord was receptive. To prayer. For America and the coronavirus on you, the USA ended. That's what it would read like for our nation. Where you and I begin to cry out to the Lord and say, God, I have sinned. I'm guilty. God is inviting us not to fall for the forbidden woman. We turn to the Lord. All right, last scripture here. I want you to look at this. Today is Palm Sunday. I want you to see this. I'm going to weave these two scriptures together. Turn in your Bible, the book of John. John chapter 12. John chapter 12, verses 12 through 16. This is what happened. Here's our little palm tree right here. Hopefully you can see it. This is what one looks like. Sherry's on the front row laughing there about that. Verse 12, look what it says. The next day, when the large crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming, the festival, we're getting ready for Passover, everybody's going to Jerusalem. They're hearing about Jesus coming. They took palm branches, so if this was really tall, I could cut it off, and I could wave palm branches. And that would be a sign of excitement. It would be a sign of joy. And they took palm branches and they went out to meet him. They kept shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Look at this. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it just as is written. 
Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Now look at this, because this is, this is us today. Verse 16. His disciples did not understand these things at first. They missed it. Do you know, I want to tell you, I, I had to call a couple of places to find out who sold palm branches. And they were not very, very rampant this year. So <clears throat> I finally found one. I won't tell you where, but I, um, I called one place. And what happened? I spoke to a young lady, asked her if she had any palm branches for Palm Sunday. She didn't even know what Palm Sunday was. She says, sir, well, what is Palm Sunday? There it is. That's the example of the lostness of our city. The lostness of America. What is Palm Sunday? Just like Jesus' disciples. They did not understand these things. They did, he's entering Jerusalem. And the folks there, they, they missed it. However, when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and that they had done these things to him. And the people were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, which that means salvation today. It's a praise. When you are excited, it's based on Psalm 118. And what it means here is Psalm 118, verse 25. The folks are joyful that Jesus, they're thinking he's about to become the next king of Israel and he's in line with David. He's going to push back the Roman authority. This is the king we've been waiting, waiting for. We're spreading down our cloaks so he can ride in on them. It's like they're spreading the red carpet. They're waving the branches. Go, this is the king. And they did not understand it. They were blinded to what Jesus was doing. This morning, many ways, we have broken Proverbs chapter 5. We have fallen for the forbidden woman. We have taken the idols of today. And the Lord is not pleased. Now we know in the Bible, God sends plagues. And we have no clue if the coronavirus is a plague from the Lord. But I know those thousands of people, they have died. The Spanish flu, there were families that were torn apart. It was a plague. And our prayer through this, and what I'm inviting you to pray for, for you to witness God to move, is... Lord, are you speaking to me? Are you trying to get my attention to get me to respond like David did? I'm afraid a lot of us, we just don't understand how we, we're missing it. And the Lord is trying to get our attention. Palm Sunday is preparing for the Lord. This week, our governor, our president said, this is going to be a, a week of death. It's going to get bad. And these folks, all we can do, we practice social distancing. We stay away from others. 
And we pray for God to heal our land. We need the Lord like never before. And I'm going to invite you at your home to ask for God to, to make it stop. Cry out. Repent. Say, Lord, I don't understand. Don't miss what Palm Sunday and what Easter is all about. It's about pointing people to Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Is He your Lord and Savior? Those people cried out, Hosanna, which is a praise. What is your Hosanna? What's your praise? Here we are, isolated, trapped inside, and I'm asking you, God is asking you, how can you praise this week the Lord? How can you think, Lord, what am I excited about? What can I rejoice in? Do you know the greatest thing we should be excited about? Is that you are saved. The Lord has saved you. He knows you. And I'm about to pray, if you do not know Jesus, you can get saved right now. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And you bow your head right there on the internet, in your living room, wherever you're at, and you pray and receive the Lord. There's, no, there's nothing to wait on. And then you send me a message saying, I got saved, or I want to know more about getting saved. Because we do not know what tomorrow holds. But we, want, we don't want to be like David, that he was warned not to do that. Solomon was warned to stay away from these women, and they fell for it. David repented, Solomon didn't. I want you to bow your head. If you're at home, you can close your eyes right there in the living room. And I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And you can pray along wherever you're at. Dear Jesus, I have sinned. I need you now. Jesus, I want to respond to sin. How David did. He repented. Lord, I repent. Lord, my heart has gone astray. Lord, I have, I have fallen for the forbidden woman. Lord, save me. Jesus, I'm giving you my life. Thank you for dying on a cross this Easter season. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, while the band comes up here, for their, their, we're going to sing a, a song, maybe a couple songs. I want you to know that if you have received Jesus, if you prayed that prayer, Jesus saves you for an eternity. There's no reason to doubt your salvation if you have surrendered your life to the Lord. During these uncertain and unknown times, this is our time that we trust in Him even more. We don't pull back. I want to make one couple of final words here before we have our closing song. Next week is Easter. This is the day that we remember the grave is empty. Jesus is alive. I want you to be thinking about what can I be praying for? What can I be doing to think about reminding myself of this Hosanna, what I'm excited about? 
And you'd be looking for ways that you can certainly lo- serve and love the Lord this Easter season. We don't, even though we're our home, we don't want to miss this special week. We're going to close in a song here. And we give this time to the Lord. You came to the world you created, creating your crown for a cross. You willingly died, your innocent life paid the cost. Counting your status as nothing. King of all kings came to serve, washing my feet and covering me with your love. If more of you means less of me, take everything. Yes, all of you is all I need. Take everything. You are my life and my treasure, the one that I can't live without. Here at your feet, my desires and dreams I lay down. Oh, here at your feet, my desires and dreams I lay down. Oh, if more of you means less of me, take every. all I need take everything if more of you means less of me take everything yes all of you is all I need take everything Father, I pray, make me more like Jesus. This world is dying to know who you are. You've shown us the way to your heart. So, Father, I pray, make me more like Jesus. Lord, oh, change me like only you can, here with my heart in your hands, so Father, I pray, make me more like Jesus, this world is dying to know.
know who you are. You've shown us the way to your heart. So, Father, I pray you make me more like Jesus, more like Jesus, more like Jesus, of me take everything yes all of you is all my need take everything if more of you means less of me so glad that you joined us this morning. Uh, again, if you're new, if this is your first time tuning in, we want to connect with you. So if you would send us a Facebook message or comment on this video, we will certainly get back to you as soon as we possibly can. Uh, thanks again for joining us. I'm going to pray for us and then we'll end our stream. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you would continually make us look more like you. God, in a world that is dark and desperate to know you, we pray that you would make us a light in the darkness. Lord, we love you. We praise you for who you are, and we pray that you would continue to lead, guide, and direct us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We'll see you back here next week.